0: Thank you you're listening to the Creating a Brand podcast. I am your host, Alex Sanfilippo. In today's episode, I am interviewing serial entrepreneur Ben Shatro. Since graduating from Harvard, Ben has started and sold many businesses and products and is now devoting his time to his latest company, North Avenue Capital. He's an entrepreneur capital investor that is focused on helping other entrepreneurs by funding their businesses. It's really encouraging to see an entrepreneur reach this level of success and give back in this way. He's looking at younger entrepreneurs and people that are where he once was and investing in them. So, cool to be able to see Ben and the team at North Avenue Capital use a four part framework for picking the right entrepreneurs and businesses to invest in. And today Ben is going to share that framework with us. Whether you're looking for investors or not, this framework is going to help you grow both personally and professionally. If you implement these four steps into your business, you're going to grow a more successful brand long term because of it. This is actually one of my favorite conversations I've ever had with anyone on this podcast, and it's an extremely helpful topic. I'm so excited about this episode, so let's not wait any longer. Here's my conversation with Ben Chatro. Ben, thank you so much for being here today. Thanks for having me. Glad to be here. You told me pretty early on when I reached out to you about being a guest that I would not have had access to you if I didn't play soccer with you at one point.
1: <laughs> I don't remember saying it, but it, you know it's probably true, right? <laughs> there's a there's a brotherhood on the soccer field, and that's wherever you're at in the world. If you kick around ball around, then you've got a friend. So. Yeah,
0: absolutely. And I actually really appreciate the fact that you were uh, willing to have me here at your office and to record this episode because I know you don't do this too often. So great to have you here. I wanted to kind of jump into a little bit about what you do, if you don't mind, just quickly explaining your company, just kind of a, a high level, real quick, so we can kind of de- decide why this is really important for entrepreneurs to hear and understand.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So uh, I founded North Avenue Capital about five years ago. I'm a I'm a serial entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. I've somehow found myself in, in the finance space as an investor and uh, building businesses. And North Avenue Capital, we've got a very specific mission. So we finance businesses in rural America, so outside of big cities, mm-hmm. with the goal of you know both generating a profit. We are a for-profit company, and we want to maximize uh, risk versus reward, but also with the goal of generating jobs and growth in places that a lot of people don't invest. Yeah, so we work we work coast to coast, all over the country, financing opportunities ranging from a million dollars to twenty million dollars in uh, various industries, everything from real estate, uh, entertainment, hospitality, re- really across the board, anything that's an asset-based industry.
0: Yeah. And it, it looks like you've done a phenomenal job. Actually, I was looking at your shareholders report maybe from last year. I think it was 2018 I was looking at. You guys are really taking names
1: right now. It looks really it's very impressive what you guys have accomplished. Yeah, we've got we've got an amazing team. You know it is. It's the first time of the businesses I've built, where we've actually been able to hit the business plan, so uh, that's that's great. A lot of a lot of work to go, but a lot of really good people that work here. So
0: yeah, and you have this is what I find to be most interesting when we're kind of going over what we would talk about. You have a four part framework for deciding if you're going to invest. Can you run us through that today? I think that would be the most valuable thing for entrepreneurs to hear, and, and the creating a brand community. I just know that would be very valuable for all of us.
1: Yep, absolutely. So I've sat on both sides of the table, maybe all around the circular table from entrepreneur to investor really across the board, board member, and so I've built businesses from scratch. Mm -hmm. I've run a hedge fund where we're investing in public markets, both building a business that was unique and and then serving in an investor role. In this environment today, we invest in a lot of entrepreneurial businesses, so I have a heart for that. I'm an entrepreneur and I like to invest in that space. And really, probably the most important thing that I took from grad school, of all places, about being an entrepreneur, was this framework. So okay. It's something that. So you learned this at school. I sure did. I was uh, I was in a class at Harvard Business School. It was Bill Solomon's class. Bill Bill is a world-renowned professor of entrepreneurialism. Mm-hmm. Um, he was actually kind enough to be an advisor on my first business plan. Oh wow! And and really, more than any other professor, has influenced my thinking and style. And so this is his framework. This is nothing new. Um, not something that I created or invented but it's something that I've applied uh, across the board to every single investment opportunity that I've looked at really over the past 15 to 20 years.
0: Wow, so you've used this every single time like there's if it doesn't fit this model or framework then it's it's not right. Is that kind of the way you look at it? Well,
1: this is this is this is the framework for judging and determining if something is a good opportunity to move forward in. Okay. Wow. And I've actually taken it, and, and you can tweak it and apply it to different places in life. So mm-hmm. it's easy to look at it through the model of a business plan, but I think you can also take it and apply it to, you know, personal areas of life. And uh, you
0: know, I love that. Uh, so I love that business and personal. They they mix a lot more than people are willing to admit, don't they?
1: Yeah, that's that's true. That's true. So I'll share it with you. I'll share your yeah. basis. Oh yeah, let's and, and, jump into uh, it. There's there's really four components. Mm-hmm. So it's people, opportunity, context, and deal. Okay. And so people, opportunity, context, and deal. And, and those get tweaked a little bit based on the, the underlying opportunity that I'm looking at. Okay. Of course. Yeah. Um, it's going to be different for a nonprofit than for a for-profit company. It's going to be different in a startup uh, versus looking at something as an investment. Mm-hmm. But that framework with, with a few tweaks really does apply broadly.
0: That's great. Okay, so let's go ahead and jump into this. Let's start with people. What is it that you're looking at in the people? I'm guessing it's the people with, that are in the organization, in the company, or
1: maybe it's even an individual at times, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, so this is incredibly important because – We've found, I've found that the people are more than fifty-one percent of the equation.
0: I have a four-part framework. This yeah. is the fifty-one percent.
1: Yeah, everybody yeah.
0: better be listening up right now. This yeah. is this is the meat right here.
1: <laughs> C- certainly more. I mean, yeah. you know, may, maybe ninety-nine percent in some cases, but I mean, really, at the, at the end of the day, when you're making an investment, it's the people behind the investment that are going to matter. Absolutely, uh, it's the people that are that, that are going to make the opportunity work. And if you're looking at it from an entrepreneurial framework, there's no business plan where everything goes according to plan. In fact, I would say Mm -hmm. most business plans, 75% of what you project is gonna happen does not happen. It's true. (laughs) And so as an investor, you're really at the the mercy of the the people that are behind the business. Mm -hmm. And there's various aspects that that I'm looking for in people and that that, you you should be looking for if you're an investor, if you're an entrepreneur and you're, you're trying to build a business you know, there's some traits that you want to be able to communicate to external parties to Mm -hmm. show them that, you know, you're in this category of people that are going to make a business or make an opportunity work. Yeah. You know, the most important, the most important is character. Yeah. That's character. Everything's built on that, isn't it? Right. I mean, that's going to be your foundation, right? So if I'm in business with someone or if I'm making an investment in someone and, and that investment goes south, uh, You know, I want to know that I want to have confidence in the character behind the person. Mm-hmm. I want to have confidence they're going to have integrity. I'm going to have confidence that they're going to come and tell me the truth. I want to have confidence that they're not going to be fudging their numbers, but can have those hard, right. you know, straightforward conversations. That's always a key piece to it.
0: Yeah. You know what? Actually, when I was early on in my entrepreneurship, if you will, I was doing some real estate investing. I had a mentor who told me, he said, Alex, never let your giftedness take you further than your character can. And that always stuck with me because in that moment when he said it, it was one of those moments where I just kind of played it off and didn't let him know. But deep down inside, I knew that my giftedness was carrying me a lot further than my actual character at that point in my life. I wasn't being even honest with myself in some ways. So
1: it makes sense that the character, I mean, everything is it's character and integrity, right? It's all built upon that. Mm-hmm. It's, the, it's the foundation. And I found that there's a heavy correlation between character and purpose.
0: Oh, wow. Okay. Explain so, that a little
1: bit. I'd love to hear that. Yeah. So getting behind the purpose of, of, of the person that you're working with, the, you know, the the person that you're potentially investing in mm-hmm. and understanding what drives and motivates them is incredibly important. You know, I've actually found that if, if someone is primarily and principally motivated by profits, mm-hmm. that's a red flag for me in terms of people. Now, of course, if I'm investing in a company or I'm looking at a, a startup business, I want them to be motivated by profits. I want them to be mo- motivated by the scoreboard. Right. I mean, it's a for-profit investment. Mm-hmm. But what I've found is if that is the uh, means to end, if that is the primary motivator, then it can lead to a pretty significant rift in character when things go wrong.
0: Interesting. So what is
1: it that you look for instead of that as like a primary purpose driver, if you will? Mm-hmm. You know, it can be many different things, right? I mean, mm-hmm. But I want to see someone whose who's life and whose goals are built around a greater good. Okay. Something much more. Wow. Something much more powerful. So for me in my life personally, my faith drives a lot of things that I do. Right. So I believe, you know, I believe there's a God, and I believe in uh, Jesus Christ, the Son. And so I want to do things in my life and through businesses that align with those purpose. It yeah. Doesn't exclude it from being a, a for-profit firm. You know, it doesn't right. mean that I'm exactly. preaching on the corner, but hey, that's a purpose that I want to pursue and that I want to align around.
0: Yeah, and I'm with you on that 100%. Mm-hmm.
1: And so that that purpose can be in many different verticals here at North Avenue Capital. We're able to attract incredibly high-quality talent mm-hmm. because not only are we profitable, but we have this purpose of investing in rural America. We have a mission to help the economic growth of communities that need access to capital. Yeah. And so the reason that purpose is so important in the founder or the individual we're investing in is that it is going to filter out to the rest of his team. It always starts with the leader. Yes. And the, the people that are brought on that team are going to align with that purpose.
0: Yeah. I've seen some people that I know that have started businesses and they've they've done well and but profit was their primary focus and they start hiring staff. I find that those companies and those people tend to be the ones that have somebody that will branch off and start their own competing business because they have the same mindset. It's, it's all about the money. It's all about that profit at the end of the day. And they develop a bad culture because of it. So I've seen what you're talking about in action, that it can be very dangerous if that is your absolute primary focus. I think it's great that you guys, not only your company, but the companies that you're investing in, you're looking for that same thing.
1: Yep. The second most important thing I look for as it ties to character is perseverance. So the concept of endurance and perseverance and, and is so key in the entrepreneur world. Everybody on the outside end looks at entrepreneurs as a sexy business to be in until you're actually in it.
0: <laughs> That's what I was going to say. Yes, it's so true.
1: <laughs> it's what everybody wants to be until you're actually doing it. And you're at that stage where you realize that you're not going to be able to pay yourself for six months because, right. because there was a fundamental change in the business or you underestimated something in your business plan and you're having those hard conversations with your wife around what the world would look like if you were just working at the bank down the street. right? And so being able to persevere is, is key for a successful entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. I think that's key for, for anyone successful in life. I mean, we're going to hit headwinds, but having that ability to last and to stay focused is you know, incredibly important. Yeah. How do you identify that in people? Sometimes it's it's based on experience. Mm-hmm. One rule for an investor is you never want to be the first. And so you want to look and see what they have experienced in life yeah, uh, and in business. Mm-hmm. You always want to learn on someone else's dime as an investor. Makes um, sense. Right. And so some of that can go you know, back to even as far as education and classes that they took. It can go to the jobs that they had and you know, it could go to the base. I mean, I'm thinking of a great entrepreneur I know that paid his way through school by working as a janitor mm-hmm. you know I look at that and I say that's that's perseverance I yeah mean, that was that motivation that's purpose that's perseverance that's someone where when the ship starts to sink he's not just going to bail on the ship and go find more capital somewhere else and try to do it again right we were talking about it before but Yeah, have will say it's behind you you have this giant flag that says don't give up the ship that has been a calling card for 15 years now Wow. It was a motivator in the first business I started that was thundering into the ground as fast as it possibly could. Really? With investors demanding their capital back. And frankly, it would have been easier for us just to wave the white flag and try to start again. As a good entrepreneur, we said, we're going, this ship is going down. I'm going to go down with it. Wow. Uh, I'm committed to it. I'm committed to the vision. I'm committed to the people around it. And, you know, fortunately, that, that business was able to clip the treetops yeah. and, you know, emerge from that and ultimately end up as a, as a success.
0: That's great. I'm looking at this this flag again because it's probably the biggest thing in your office here. Don't don't give up the ship. I think that's fantastic. And for anyone uh, who, who's listening, that's in our community, that's what we we do that a lot together. We persevere together because I understand it gets difficult, and that's when we have to kind of get together and just encourage one another because it, it can get difficult. And you know, you as the uh, the investor, you're not the guy necessarily encouraging them, but I'm sure that most people that have persevered, they have someone in their corner who's with them who's helping them along the way. Yeah, absolutely,
1: absolutely. As we move sort of through the characteristics of people, those are the core; those are the first things I'm looking for. But also skill set, experience, knowledge—sort of what I call the tactical. Mm-hmm. You know, have they, do they understand the market that they're in? Have they acted in that market? Another key element is what's their reputation within their community? Hmm. You know, what what do the people around them think of them? You know, mm-hmm. people that have interacted with them, people that have they have led. Are they realistic? I mean, this is a key. Hmm. Many times entrepreneurs are visionaries. We have have big eyes, don't we? (laughs) Visionaries, right? Uh, Yes. You know, I think we all are to some degree, but, you know, are they realistic in in their expectations in terms of, you know, in terms of what they can achieve? Yeah. Um, You know, if they're over idealistic, then that's a huge red flag toward Mm -hmm. toward the likelihood of success there.
0: Yeah. No, that, that makes a lot of sense. I have another kind of question along with that is, Credit score, like individual credit score, something that you actually look at because I hear a lot of in investment companies and banks that are really that's the that's the first thing they want to see. Is that something that you do as well?
1: Absolutely, hundred okay. percent. I mean, if, if you're not paying your bills, how likely is it that you're going to be responsible to pay off a loan to your
0: company? Hmm. That makes sense.
1: Um, and you know, so that's a that's a quick check, and you know, there are circumstances where you know, the justify, you know, reason for a bad credit score that can be explained. So it's not an end all to an end all. Right. But it's a very quick and easy check to understand how people, you know, really, I mean, to understand the, the underlying character and see if you need to dig deeper there. Right. right. You know, credit score is important. Another thing that we do around here is we do leadership assessments. And so we use um, uh, an executive coach and some tools he's given us. So anyone that, that we are investing in. Both externally, as as a potential new business that we're going to finance, and even certainly within our own walls, we take them through a very defined leadership assessment to understand where they're at and what their skill set is, wow. and is their leadership profile one that is good for the position they're in? Yeah, you know, there's underlying characteristics of your personality and who you are that say, hey, you know, you shouldn't be a business operator; you should be doing something else. Well, yeah, again, not a not an end-all uh, judgment but something certainly we'd want to understand oh it's an
0: deeper. indicator for sure and i understand that yeah i'm big on doing these personality tests even if you're not looking for an investor just in in general it can teach you a lot about yourself i've found there might be some skills in there that you don't realize are in there because you haven't really spent the time to develop them but if they're naturally there you'll find it pretty easy to develop those a little further right
1: yep absolutely
0: yeah, that's good. So we kind of, so far we covered uh, under behind the people. What you're saying is at least 51 percent of the the equation here is character, perseverance, and tactical. Is kind of this last thing we just discussed, which is a kind of a a branch of things. Is there anything else under this
1: category? Is it? We could we could probably talk about people all day. I, I'm, I'm sure. And, and, and the key elements. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I think I think the the audience here, your listeners, probably get the get the drift of that. Yeah.
0: So, so everyone, once again, this is the most important part. Rewind it. Listen to that again and keep on going afterwards. If you're creating a brand, whether it's a personal brand through a blog or influencing on social media or a professional brand with a product or service that you're offering, the creating a brand community is for you. We are your digital mastermind or tribe. Our community is built on our own custom social media platform. Where we share our experiences, recommendations and solve real problems together. In addition, all members have exclusive access to our many online courses Ultimately, we are a powerful community of entrepreneurs that are helping each other succeed. You will always go further in life and in business when you're part of a healthy community. I'm so passionate about this that I'm going to ask you to do something for me right now. Visit creatingabrand.com and join our community today. You can start for free and it will take you less than three minutes to set up. Once you join, message me directly. I'd love to have a conversation with you and welcome you to our community. So the next portion here, we're moving on to opportunity was the second thing you said, right?
1: Yep. Okay. So so opportunity, now we're looking at the actual business venture. We're looking at the customers. We're looking at the suppliers. We're looking at the, the capabilities. We're looking at the products. You know, here's where you're even looking at how are things priced? You know, what, oh, okay. what's, your, what's your cost of goods sold or, you know, what's your underlying cost to, you know, to build what you expect to come out with? And then what are you going to be able to charge for it in the market? Is
0: this the Shark Tank side of things that everyone's probably used to seeing on TV, right?
1: Probably a little more. Probably yeah, a little more. Yeah, I'm not sure our analysis or, or my analysis would match up exactly. <laughs> we don't need to get into the reasons know, why, but with that group. But th- th- this is the engine behind the business. Yeah, you know, this is this is the business opportunity itself. So we've looked at the people, and we say, okay, independent of the people, is this an opportunity worth pursuing? Yeah, you know, um, is this is this someone that is. Disrupting the market, or is this someone that is uh, providing an additive service to the market? Mm-hmm. You know, is there adequate space for this new product within mm-hmm. the market that they're entering? You know, and and how how big is that? What is the market size?
0: Right. Have you ever had anyone come through that's like, I want to use the term again, serial entrepreneur, but somebody who's basically developed something just new or so innovative that there's not really a way to check too deep, but you just have been able to see it as a product that's
1: going to be a game changer? Has that ever come? come by or has that ever happened with you guys yep and of course the the challenge with that is when you have something that 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 doesn't have a market that's inventing the market Mm -hmm. that is such a game changer is is separating the wheat from the chaff. Um, right it's very hard to figure out which ones are going to work right yeah you know a great example of that would be you know Segway. we look out today and we see you know a million scooters on, on the streets of our big cities right that's what Segway wanted to be yeah when Segway entered the market everyone said that's going to be the game-changer well you know it, it turned out it was the cheap scooter in the uber application that, it's crazy isn't it that took over the world so it's much tougher to distinguish that up front mm-hmm. uh, and so as a as an investor um, particularly in the space that we operate in it, it may be different in the venture capital world but an investor I'm going to want to be able to at least quantify what that market is. yeah and I, I'm of course I'm going to want to know that the, that the entrepreneur or the owner of the business is able to quantify its market. Yeah if, if you can't do that and you're not able to you know to quickly point to some of the things I've talked about, the, the pricing, the supply, the demand, the customer base, how big the market is, what percentage of it you think you can capture, mm-hmm. you can't point to those things you're, you're not ready to, to take on outside capital. Wow you're not really even ready to move forward with your business you're just you're throwing darts against the wall and guessing
0: yeah no that makes a lot of sense wow okay so the opportunity obviously is something that's more less on the individual more on you guys really to to evaluate that and for somebody who's who's coming to you guys saying hey i need i need some money here to to grow this thing. they really have to understand what they have and what they're doing
1: well and i would i would say it's a dual way two-way street okay so I would expect, you know, if I'm building, if I've got a business idea and I'm building a business plan, I'm going to have a business plan that clearly articulates the opportunity. Yeah. And I'm going to expect that from whoever I'm talking to, you know, across the table. Yeah. Of uh, Likewise, we're going to take that opportunity set, and we're going to evaluate that and, and determine how realistic it is. Mm-hmm. So, you know, one of the things I learned in the hedge fund world that I've now applied, to again, to pretty much all segments of life is this concept of a gap between perception and reality. And so I ran a hedge fund for seven years with a partner, and we, our investment mantra, our investment key, we're looking for opportunities where the market perception was in one place Mm -hmm. and the reality was in another. And when that happens and those begin to separate, eventually they have to come back together. Mm -hmm. And that's how you make money in a hedge fund. You find those opportunities in an equity hedge fund, You, you find the opportunities where the market perceives them as X, the reality is why, and then you figure out how to put positions on so that when those emerge together, you make money. Right. The same thing applies in so many aspects of life. It applies in relationships. Mm-hmm. You know, if your perspective of your relationship with someone is different than reality, it is eventually <laughs> going to lead to disaster.
0: Yes, it'll catch up to you. Uh,
1: and it applies here in, you know, market opportunities. Yeah. If, if an entrepreneur's perception of the reality, of a perception of the market that he's targeting and what the opportunity is, is significantly different than reality, Mm -hmm. then those worlds are gonna crash together and it's not gonna be good. Yeah. Not gonna be good. Unfortunately
0: I've seen that a lot though, because a lot of entrepreneurs and this is they should be passionate. So uh, I we kind of say that first, they should be passionate what they're doing, but they've kind of gotten so passionate, so into the product, that they lose focus of what the reality of it is because they're just so happy and excited about what they have in front of them. And sometimes it's not even it's not the opportunity they think they have, or it's not, it doesn't have the potential that they think it has. And I've seen that a lot. So you're you're having to evaluate that and really make someone be real. So for our entrepreneurs out there, get real with what you're doing, with what you're building, sit down and really think about it, not from a, you know, a emotionally detached from it. So you can actually have a logical understanding of where you're at, what the potential is with your business. Uh, ben, am I right in saying that? That's a good thing for someone to do as they're getting into a product or new market?
1: Absolutely. So so market research and Rational, reasonable sounding boards mm-hmm. from people in that space that are around you mm-hmm. are, are critical. That's you good. Know, you need you need outside people to help you evaluate those ideas and understand the context. So very very difficult to do that in isolation. Yeah, nearly impossible for someone to do it by himself.
0: Right. That's great. Let's talk about the context now. Your, your third point here.
1: Yeah. So you know the context. All these are are important. If I had to say one, you know, I've had to identify one which is the least important in terms of my view of things, this is probably it. Okay. Uh, And maybe that's because I'm a classic entrepreneur. But a context, think of that as all the things that could impact the business that the business owner or the the business entrepreneur wanting to found the business can't control. So this could be things like regulatory environment. You know, it could be things like trade deficit with China. It could be Mm -hmm. interest rates outside parties that can interface within the market that they can't control. Mm-hmm. So it's the wide risk of the context that's surrounding things hmm. um, and factoring that into, you know, to the overall business plan.
0: Yeah. Okay, and that's that's somebody has to take, that's more due diligence on their part, trying to figure out, I mean, because you can't necessarily anticipate all of that, but some of it you have to say, okay, there's some potential things that come in and threaten the business or the, the concept that we have here.
1: Mm-hmm. Right, so the, the thing that I want to hear is that the owner, the founder, the business entrepreneur has thought about ways to mitigate mm-hmm. those risks. Okay, yeah. You can never, ever, ever eliminate risk. Of course. To some degree, you often can't control risk. You can't mm-hmm. control the timing of risk. But I want to invest with people that are reducing risk. Yeah. And you reduce risk by mitigating it and by planning on it. Yeah. So no, we can't predict exactly when the market is going to fall or you know, when a recession is going to hit. But what is it you as a business owner who is you know, either asking for capital and trying to grow their business, mm-hmm. what is it that you can do? What is it you can put in place to show that you've thought about that in advance? Uh, and should those risks come down, you've mitigated that.
0: Right. I think a lot of what we're talking about here is what I'm going to try to say this word, but I always struggle with it. A entrepreneur versus an entrepreneur is one of the ones that can actually say, here's the potential risks and here's what I'm doing about them or here's what I could potentially do about them. I think that people that can do that, they're the ones that, that shows me immediately that's a serious individual who's actually taking the time to think about what are the potential threats coming up in the future that might harm what I'm doing today.
1: Mm-hmm. And people that have thought about them in advance are going to be much more likely to be able to do something yeah. when, when when they hit.
0: Absolutely, yeah. It's anticipation, right? Being able to anticipate what's going to happen, uh, it sets you up for at least a lot more opportunity to succeed than, than fail because when something just
1: blindsides you. Yep, you got it. So the last point here is going into deal. Yep. So the, the, the deal, again, this is going to vary the most according to the application. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're, you're a social entrepreneur and you're you're launching a nonprofit, well, you're, you know, your deal is not going to be the amount of money that you make. Mm-hmm. But if I'm an investor investing in, a you know, a new business, new opportunity, I mean, the deal for me is what's my risk versus reward? Yeah. You know, how much money am I going to be able to make on this investment for mm-hmm. – the risk that I'm taking, and so again, this is the, you know this is incredibly important for an entrepreneur or a business founder, business owner seeking capital, you know, for, for someone starting a business to have their hands around. What does the overall risk look like, and then what could the potential reward be? Now, every investor knows that every business plan presented is going to have a hockey stick on its financials. All right. <laughs> so there's going to everybody knows that the that that, I, that entrepreneurs are going to be optimistic about their earnings, um, all right. and every investor is going to discount that. Mm-hmm. And every entrepreneur that's done it before knows that every investor is going to discount that. So you end up with this incredibly vicious cycle. Okay. Uh, so I,
0: you have to plan for it if you've done this, right? So is it, as an entrepreneur, you have to say, all right, I know that they're going to discount
1: this. So I need to you got <laughs> add it. a little bit extra there. <laughs> it's a vicious cycle that ends up with a, with a curve that looks like a hockey stick. Okay. So, uh, to be frank, I put very little weight in the financial you know, forward financial projections mm-hmm. that I see, even even for a startup business, I know that those okay. are going to vary. You know, those are going to vary greatly.
0: Yeah, you do look at profit margin then, or what is it that makes it a deal that's worthwhile? Is it what would make it worthwhile versus
1: not? Sure. So it is. It is always the the risk versus the reward. Okay. Um, and so I'm always looking at what is the likelihood that I'm going to lose all of my money mm-hmm. in this opportunity? That would be catastrophic risk. Or, you know, how does it look if things go go bad, is there still potential that I'm going to be able to get my capital back? Perhaps I'm not going to get the returns that we've projected, mm-hmm. but is there a reasonable chance that even if things go bad, I'm going to be able to get my money back? Right. Um, and so that can be managed in, in, in various ways. In our business, uh, we often do it through collateral. You know, if we're financing something through debt, then we're looking at the underlying collateral and, you know, we're thinking and believing that if something goes bad and the business isn't able to perform the way that the owner projects, then... Mm-hmm. There's going to be collateral that backs that, and we can, you know, we can see financial recovery. But it can also be done through the structure of the investment. Okay. Uh, and this is something that I believe in, and this is the way I've structured most of the deals that I've funded with outside capital. Uh, if I believe in in my idea, it is critically critically important to me that my investors at least get their money back. Yeah. And so the deals that I structure, I try to structure them such that if I'm right and the business takes off, then there's upside reward for me.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But if I'm wrong and the business only putters around or doesn't make, well, I get very little or nothing, and the yeah. investment base gets their money back and wow. then, then, a, then, then a reasonable return. And so, you know, in the world of private equity or finance, you can do that through a high pref, a high preferred return. Mm-hmm. You, you can ensure that the investors get, you know, 6%, 8%, 10% back, 15% annualized before you take everything. And then in doing that, you can capture more of the long entail on the upside. Yeah. Investors are willing to give, uh, you know, to give you a greater portion of the pie in the long run yeah. uh, if their outside is invested. The deal again, it, it, in the world of, of of finance and entrepreneurs and startups, it's a little bit easier to define. It's risk reward ratio, mm-hmm. the overall structure of the investment that's being made. Um, and, and ultimately, it's how much money do I believe I can make versus the risks that I'm taking. Yeah. But you can take that same framework and you know, can apply it into many different verticals. And so I briefly mentioned, you know, the nonprofit world. Yeah. But applying this, you know, in the nonprofit space is just as important.
0: Mm-hmm. You know, if
1: I'm trying to to build a charity that is, you know, trying to serve some social justice, uh, the same framework should be there for the money that comes in you know, what's going to be the outcome? What's going to be the reward? And so the the concept of this deal, it really can, it can apply across the board.
0: Yeah, no, it really can. That's, that's interesting. Yeah. I was, I was actually going to ask that about nonprofits. I'm like, all right, they're not bringing in profit, right? So what does that look like? But it's actually the reward of the impact that they're having on that social movement, whatever it may be. You
1: got it. Yeah. You got it. And so, you know, it may not be, it may not be as tangible or it may be mm-hmm. maybe a measurement of you know, how many lives were saved. Right. But it may be something that's that's less tangible that you can't mark on a scoreboard. Either way, it's still an incredibly important framework to have. Yes. Because otherwise, if you're not evaluating some sort of scoreboard, why are you doing it? Yeah. What's, you know, what what's the end goal of it?
0: Right. That's good. Now, if an entrepreneur, let's just say that some of our listeners, I know that they're in this boat, they have a product idea or service idea. They are just getting started. When should they start considering this framework, people, opportunity, context, deal? It's from day one, right?
1: From, from day zero. Day I mean, zero, even, okay. Even before that, as, as the idea is mulling in their head, it's the, it's the first place to go. And, and my recommendation to them, it would be go and, and, and read Professor Solomon's book. Very short book. It's a very short read, How to Write a Great Business Plan. Okay. It's available over Harvard Business Review or on Amazon, and it will serve as a great base to begin developing the thinking.
0: Yeah, we'll definitely put a link to that in the show notes. That's fantastic. I kind of want to just circle back around to this, this last question here that I'm asking. Should Even if people aren't looking for an investor down the line, if they think they've got this themselves, maybe they've got some money saved up, this is still an important framework to apply. And I just kind of want to stress that this is something that you can use to achieve long-term success by using this.
1: One hundred percent, I mean, even if you're not using an outside investor mm-hmm. in my opinion,'d be very foolish to to go without some framework of a business plan, yeah, perhaps it's not a formal written document, perhaps it's perhaps it's your own internal notes, but it's foolish not to step back and think about these things, yeah again. You know what you present in the context may change a little bit mm-hmm. uh, you know the deal is now in your time your energy your money your investment but it's versus still the deal right there. but it was, it's still a deal yeah you, just, you still want to evaluate that versus the risk and the opportunity cost that you're taking and establishing so yeah 100
0: that's great so going back over it again that's people that's you yourself the opportunity that you're going to have the context and then the deal itself ben this was super helpful today thank you so much for being a guest thank you for having me this was a lot of fun people, opportunity, context, and deal. These are the four things that Ben mentioned this episode, and I want to highlight one of the four right now, which is people. The person behind the brand makes up more than 51% of the value. This is another great reminder that you truly are the brand. And that leads me to a question. What are you doing to develop and educate yourself? I noticed that a lot of creators begin investing heavily in marketing products and infrastructure, which are all very important. But It's not the most important thing as you grow your brand. Again, what are you doing to invest in yourself? Becoming better, making yourself better is the most important thing you can do for your brand and your future success. So I want to mention a few ways you can begin investing in yourself today. First off is to subscribe to podcast. Creating a brand podcast is my recommendation, but find some podcasts that are good for you. Enroll in online courses on a topic you need to learn about. I encourage you to go to creatingabrand.com and check out the list of courses that we have as well, but find the ones that are really going to add the most value to you. Attend seminars, hire a coach. These are some other things that you can do, and the list could go on and on. But the point is never underestimate the power or the effect of investing in yourself. Ben, thank you again for this helpful episode and sharing your framework with us all. This has been so valuable for all of us today. Thank you again for that. For show notes from today's episode, visit creatingabrandpodcast.com. And also want to give a quick shout out to everyone who's been sharing this podcast. A lot of people have been helping me spread the word and that means a lot to me personally. Just for me as an individual to an individual, it's so great hearing this is helping people and changing lives. I look forward to continue to be part of this in future episodes. So thank you as always for listening. I'm looking forward to being back with you next week.